0: I don't even have a sermon title for this message. Uh, I got it coming up the road uh, today. Uh, as we, Christy drove, Dad sitting in the front, and I always sit in the back and study and work on things in the, the mobile office. I call it. And uh, so, uh, this is what God has given me to help you. I, I said, Lord. I said, What do the people of the Pulse need today? I said, What does J.D. need today? What does Sandy need today? What does Emmett uh, need today and just down the food chain of, of people you say what what do you need what do they need Lord uh, and sometimes and, and and I've been with them this week and sometimes I say I, I don't know what to say sometimes you don't know what to say you know all you can do is love and have compassion and and believe God for uh, for you know great things but I, I want to share with you some things today that I that uh, I have written down Um, And I want to pray, I pray Father Lord that we all have an open mind over this message today, and Father Lord that you lead us and that you guide us and that you direct us. Because no matter what, you're God, and you're a great God, and we thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, J.D., I hope it is okay with your permission that I speak openly, Um, the... You know, the word came down on, on Thursday. You know, I worked Thursday morning like I normally do, and, and we thought that, um, you know, Don was going to get probation and everything was going to be all right. And uh, so when I got the word from Sandy uh, that they had taken her to jail, I immediately started to fix up things and head for Gassaway for, for a couple of days. And, and, and what a shock. What a shock it was for for all of us that one of the the people within our church, uh, you know, was uh, was who we thought was going to get probation and and didn't get probation, um, and has uh, now been you know taken to jail. Um, some things that I've wrote down, and this is raw. What I'm what I'm telling you, this is raw raw feelings, raw scripture. But God has this. And and this is where you say, well, how can God have this? Because it happened. Because it didn't work out the way that I thought that it was going to work out. Nothing is a surprise to God. Nothing is a a surprise to God from, uh, from a marriage that has gone bad to a wayward child. Um, God knew that was going to happen. He always knows that that things are going to happen. There is no surprise to God. But I want to share some things to you today. Spiritual growth is not one-sided. That's what he gave me. Spiritual growth is not one-sided. You say, well, what do you mean by, what do you mean by that? because of what Don has gone through and what because of what J.D. is going through and what, what Sandy and the whole family and Josh and the whole family is going through uh, it, it's not one-sided because not only is God teaching them something through this he's teaching you and me something through this amen he's teaching something uh, something through this and, and you know I, I've been pastoring for 30 years and Pastor Wright and I we're talking about Davy Joe Hissom one day. Um, Davy Joe Hissom, and I, I may have referenced him in the past, was a, 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 a pastor in Charleston who was on television. He started in a shoe store uh, back on Washington Street uh, years ago. My mom and dad gave, gave him his very first Christmas tree for his store. And Davy Joe uh, was on his way to a mega church just like we see today with some of these some of these pastors in in West Virginia uh, he went to look at a piece of property he was told not to go but he went to look at a piece of property uh, and to look at a design of a church um, I can't remember pastor right and I were talking about that where it was I'm not for sure but anyway uh, him and and there were there were three I think three totally, yeah, totally in the airplane. Uh, the airplane crashed and he was killed. And it was just, and, and, you know, we knew him. I didn't attend his church, but we knew him and we knew his wife and we knew, you know, the, the, the people that were centered around him. And, and uh, but yet he was killed. And Pastor Wright and I talked about that one day. And he said, you know, there are some times in life. When you have to put it on a shelf, because you don't have... Can anybody nod their head and, and understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you have to put it on a shelf because you don't have the right answer. Christy and I, very first baby that we ever had, um, uh, we went to... We heard that the woman uh, that uh, did the altar sounds, altar sounds, had just not been around a huge amount of time, and uh, we heard that she had horrible bedside manner, but she was a good, she did great altar sounds. So we went to see her here, at Christy and I. Um, you know, we were married eight years. We've been married uh, over 30 now. And uh, we were married eight years before we started to try to have children. Uh, and one of the reasons why that we, we waited so long is because we couldn't, the, the friends that we had didn't like their children. And so we thought... Well, we're getting along fine. We're good without children, so why do we need children? Because it's like you saw your friends that looked one way, well-groomed, good-looking. You know, your friends, they were wonderful, had a smile on their face, and then they had children. Makeup all out of whack, hair all out of whack. We went to dinner one time with, a, with some friends of ours, and they had a, a young child at that point, and it was just horrible, just horrible. And I get in the car, and I say, Christy, we don't have to have children, <laughs> but the lady looks at me, and she says, oh, you have to abort this baby. She said, there's something wrong with it. Well, I was doing evangelism, evangelism work and we were out traveling the circuit and praying for people, seeing people healed and delivered and set free. It's God that does that, not me. And, and seeing God do some, some pretty cool things on the road. And, and, uh, but yet our baby was sick. And uh, they said, we, they just sling it around just like it's everything. You need to abort this baby. And, and we said, no, we won't abort the baby. But I said, God can heal that baby. That lady looked at me across the, across the table And she said, "You don't have the faith to see your baby healed." That's what she told me, young man. I was just a young man, and I prayed for Christy right there. And she carried our child six months. We never saw him. We don't know what he looked like. We have handprints and and feet prints, uh, footy prints of him, And, and and. about him but he was a boy and here I sat down for two years from the pulpit I sat down for two years and I, and I said God I said if you want me to pray for sick people and they recover I said, if you want me to pray for the people that are demon-possessed, that it comes out of them and that God delivers them, and I said, then I need to know how this works. I said, because losing this child has shaken our world. Years ago, I laid in bed one night, tears running down my cheek, Christy laying beside me, tears running down my face, and I said, I looked at her and I said, God has left me. Because I didn't feel Him. But church, our salvation is not based on how we feel on our worst day. On our best day, our salvation is not based, and we all have a story, and we all have we all have something that is hanging us up in this life. If you've not heard Ricky and Kara Williams' testimony from the um, from the Gassaway days on Friday night, it is on our Facebook page. And I sat there in amazement that these two people were being transparent, telling their story, telling what happened, telling where they are. But but God used where they are, where they were, and what happened in their lives to launch a ministry for today. And you just listen to it. You would never think, but you, you just watch it and just to see what God can do with your mess. God can take our test and make it a testimony. God can take our mess and he can make it a miracle. You say, but it still doesn't help, preacher, what you're saying to me today. Uh, I'm I'm praying. Just just bear with me. God is using your situation to build character. And and, and it's not only JD and and Don and, and, and whatever and whoever else is involved. God is using your situation to build character in you. Character is measured and integrity is measured, not what a man does in public, but what a man does in private. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he says, For we are his workmanship, not our own workmanship, but his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God will use your situation to build integrity and to build character with the people around you because people are waiting on your response. They are waiting to what you're going to say about this or what you're going to say about that. And let me tell you something. As you know, and I'm not very good at this, but I really sometimes I, I express my feelings when I probably should not. I'm a very open person. You don't have to worry about where I stand. I will tell you real fast if you ask me. But God is going to allow you. And he's going to to allow me to go through the fire for perfection. Perfection. Because there's a beginning of a storm and there's an end to a storm. There's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end to a storm. But you are the workmanship. God has created you for the workmanship. God will use your situation to build integrity and character in the people of you and the people around you. God is not surprised concerning your situation. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly when things are done and they're unfair. I had had uh, lunch with Bryce and Emmett on Friday. And one thing that, that Bryce said to me that just really resonated in my mind was, when Jesus was taken prisoner in the garden of Gethsemane did was he bound did they bound him Be- because I kind of think that if they would bind Jesus that's a joke who binds the son of man you know what I'm saying but if he was bound, and then we talked about it a little bit, and we said, well, you know, he had to heal the ear of the, of the soldier, so, you know, he actually had to pick it up, so, you know, could he have been bound while that went on? And, and we had a discussion about that, which I thought was, was very good. And, and let me tell you something. There is no surprise in your life that God doesn't know about. And sometimes when we think it's unfair, God is still in control. Because if you ask me, one of the worst things and one of the things that I don't think should have ever happened, but I'm glad that it did, praise God, was that Jesus went to a cross and he shed his precious blood for me. I I think that is so unfair. I think that was so unfair for an innocent man to carry my sin on a cross to where his own daddy couldn't look at him. It's not fair. <clears throat> it's not fair sometimes uh, for people to go through what they go through. It, it, it's not fair for, uh, look at Jonah for an example. And I've referenced Jonah uh, within this situation. You know, Jonah, <coughs> Jonah hated the people of Nineveh. He didn't like them. It's almost like some of the people that you may know <laughs> in Gasaway. It's like, man, you want to get across the street just as fast as you can and hope to God they don't see you. Have you ever hidden in the, in the cat food aisle because, at Walmart because you were hiding from somebody you hope they didn't see you and you don't even have a cat? <laughs> it's like, oh God, I hope they didn't see me. And you know you've done this, straighten your halo, polish it, it's okay. And then they see you, oh hi, I didn't see you, lie, lie, lie. <laughs> Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. And we think in this life, let me me explain something to you. I'm not one of these guys of predestination. You know, there's some people who believe that that there's predestination where God already knows who's going to be saved and and that kind of thing. Well, he already does, but he's offered it to everyone. He hasn't closed salvation off to just a few people. But do you think that God just woke up one day and said, well, because Jonah doesn't like the people of Nineveh, I think just for spite, I'm going to send him down there. No. And then he goes on this ship. He tries to run from God. Think of this. Have you ever tried to run from God? Have you ever tried to run from God? Sure. We all have tried to run from God. We don't think he knows. And he gets on a ship. And he goes into a deep sleep in Jonah, the Bible tells us. He goes into a deep sleep in the bowels of the ship. And that ship is going crazy. So the passengers begin to cast lots trying to figure out who the scoundrel is that caused the storm. Well, I'm paraphrasing a lot of it, but I'm sure this will help you. And so they find out that it's Jonah, and they cast him overboard. Here's the kicker there. Now, some people do not believe that this even took place, but I believe it did. I believe it because the Bible says God provided a fish. God provided a fish and it swallowed up Jonah. He was in the belly of the whale for three days and then he was upchucked on the shore and what did he do? He went to Nineveh. And he preached to the people of Nineveh and God used him to turn things around. A whole lot of years in advance or a whole lot of years later, there's a guy named John Fowler. This guy named John Fowler, good looking fella, was having fun at the Maranatha Fellowship. I had had my time of pastoring and was doing fine and, and I didn't want to do that anymore and, and and so I start playing on the praise team at Maranatha Fellowship. And, I start doing some evangelistic work again and this kind of stuff. And one church, even uh, down uh, below Eleanor, wanted me to be their pastor, and they ran me and they voted me, uh, and, they, and I missed it by one vote. The guy calls me. I don't know where they started voting for preachers, but they, 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 they voted for me, and I missed it by one vote. And when the guy told me, he says, I'm sorry, John. He said, you didn't get voted in. I said, out loud, I said, thank you, Jesus. I didn't want to I didn't want to pastor I've changed enough diapers and all that kind of stuff and I thought man I don't want to do it anymore I'm having fun where I'm at I've hit the big time thousand plus people playing on the platform getting to preach every now and then I have arrived then I get a phone call from Chris Stout I never should have took that call I'm going to Maranatha Fellowship. We need a pastor up here. We're we're got our house on the market. We're moving to North Carolina. We're southern bound, baby. I go to Mud Fork. A lot of you people. We're at Mud Fork, and I was. I said, I'm not your man. I'm going to stay for a little, a little bit of time and then I'm, I'm going to leave. And, and but God ended up working all of that out and ended up staying. Then we, long story short, ended up moving up here and this kind of stuff. There are times I'm at a good spot right now. I, I, I'm in a good spot right now. But you got to understand, there are times that I have doubted me being in Gasaway, West Virginia. There are times that I've doubted that I should have never stepped foot in the pulpit because I, I, I offend people and I, I, have, I don't know why I offend people but sometimes I do and maybe because it's, I tell the truth but, but the thing about it is what do we have but the truth? Do I have to worry about what you think or worry about what God thinks? I had the opportunity yesterday and Brady was out there too and some of you all that during the parade we had business cards and, and I'm telling you what the pulse was all over Gasaway Days I mean from Thursday night to Friday night to uh, with uh, uh, with Ricky and Kara to Saturday in the parade and the cool zone and and I thought well I'm going to do it I went out and I was with the people of the, of Gasaway and I was walking up and down the street and I had these cards and every pile of people that I could find. I was in the middle of them. I was introduced myself to them, and I'm pastor at the Pulse Church. I didn't say I'm pastor of the Pulse. I said, hey, I'm pastor of the Pulse Church uh, right here. We're going to give away snow cones in a little bit. We want you to come down. We got free water, and, and we hope that you come. Over 200 Snow cones went out of here yesterday. We're so grateful that that took place. But I was able to get in amongst the people yesterday and share the vision of the Pulse Church, the the vision that the devil many times has tried to strip from me, telling me to tuck my tail and get out of gas away because nothing is ever going to happen here. But let me tell you something, I don't believe that. I'm going I'm going up with a fight. People say I'm going down with the fight. I'm not going down. I'm going up with the fight. And I shared with people about the road to Damascus and gave him a card. I said, if you know somebody that's got a hang-up or a hiccup or they've got drug addiction, Sexual addiction, alcohol addiction, whatever it is. And I said, or if you're a person that has somebody like that in your life and you need support and help and love, I said, come to this on Friday. It doesn't matter. God loves you where you are. (coughs) Not one person said one smart aleck thing to me. Not one person said a bad thing to me. And we had great conversation about the vision of the church and the vision of Braxton County and the vision of Gassaway and the vision of how we can help people. And and people were saying, wow, I want to learn more. One lady told me, she said, you know, I, I used to do counseling uh, with uh, people that were hooked on drugs, she said, and I told her, I said, "Can you friend me on Facebook? We may need you." I said, "Are you doing anything now?" She said, "No." I said, "We may need you. This is not about the pulse. It's about what God wants to do." I think Barb, the problem for the six years that I've been up here <laughs> is I've been hanging around Christians. <laughs> yeah I mean, come on now. that's been my problem. I've been and'm saying and I'm not saying that the people out that I was talking to yesterday aren't, aren't Christians. I'm sure some of them, some of them are, but you know, Christians sometimes sheep bite. But I was out amongst the wolves and they buddy, I tell you what. I felt real good. I felt excited. Andy said, "I don't know if you and Sam Wayne would run for some political office." He said, "I don't know how it would come out." He said, "Cause both of you are the same. It, it, you just go out and you just meet people and you shake hands with them and you love them. You meet them where they are, church. You don't Christians around some of this, some of these places uh, that we've been to in our lives. I'm telling you what, I get so sick of it. They look their nose down at you with hypocrisy, and, and, and you know they'll judge your child, but yet their child does worse." it's just the way it is God is not surprised by anything that has ever happened in your life or in the pulse church or in my life nothing but there's two things, that uh, there's one way that you can, you, you can either dismiss it and you can rebel and you can kick it out and say, well, you know, I, I'm mad at God because that he allowed this to happen or this went on, uh, that kind of stuff. Or you can embrace the cir- circumstance and the situation that you're in. Uh, and, and, and there's tough situations. I hear your stories of, of where people are right now. But let me tell you something, God has you. We're asking God to change this situation with J.D. on Tuesday and with Josh on Tuesday. We are asking God for favor that there will be no jail sentence and that he will be uh, paroled. It's, it's just like you're asking God, to heal a parent... I remember when my mom passed away my dad calls me on the phone that morning it was early and I never got a phone call from my parents that early and I got that phone call and I answered it and I said what's going on and he said your mother's having chest pains and it's not good and Christy said well and Christy told me I said I gotta get ready and go and Christy said your mother always bounces back from everything and and, and, you know this could be another time that she can bounce back and I said but she's never had chest pains before she's never had chest pains before and so I'm on my way to the hospital just as hard as I could go or to, to the, I think I was going to the hospital and, and it was early in the morning it was cold and it was snowing and and I'm, and I'm driving up the road and I'm begging God for her to live just like any parent, just like any child would. You would do the same thing. And you're just begging God to let her live. I did not know how bad the situation was when I, when I found out and, and my best friend in the whole wide world met me at the elevator and he said, she didn't make it. You have to understand, and I have to understand, that God trumps our prayer. Now, I could have rebelled with God, and I said, you know, I don't want anything to do with you because you let my mother die. She was 79 years old. We get old in this life. I'm not saying 79 is old, but she, she, was, she had heart trouble, and she, she passed away, and that's just part of it. You know, Virginia Wright passed away, you know, a, a week or so ago at 74, you know, and, and, and she passed away. Godly women, and they die. But what do you do when God doesn't answer your prayer the way you think that it should be? Romans 8.28 says this. It says, and we know that all things, Tori and I laugh about this, but all means what? All means all. The good, the bad, the ugly. When life is good, God's in it. When life is bad, God's in it. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is always there for you and me. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God. Do we love God? And to them who are called according to his purpose. Who has a purpose? We have a purpose. Who are called. Dawn is called. She may be in jail. But she is free. You say, what do you mean she's free? But she's not... Let me tell you something. If you are free from sin, if you are free from an addiction, if you are free from bondage, let me tell you something. He who is free is free indeed, and God has set her free from a past, from a future. She is free, and guess what? While she is there, who however long she is there, she will win souls for the kingdom of God. Now that may be hard. That may be hard to say. Well she has two children. She has a husband. But yet she's in, she's in jail. And she could be there for a while. Or may, she may not be. Depending on the favor of God. Or how he handles things. I'm just being real to you. But while she is there. She will talk about the name of Jesus. Am I wrong J.D.? She will talk about the name of Jesus. Who knows why she is there? I'm just trying to be just as real and to try to just bring just as much comfort as I possibly can through this difficult time. But I don't know about Tuesday. What I'm praying and I'm asking God to do, it's in God's hands. Amen? J.D., you're in God's hands. You've been placed in God's hands for a long time. How will you react is what God's looking at and is what people are looking at how you will react in a situation in church let me tell you something I'm not the best at that because when my character is insulted I'm ready to fight and I hate that about myself because I know who I am. I know. I've, you know, when people say bad things about you, you know that's not you. And, 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 but yet, people will say vicious things about you in your life. But the thing about it is what frustrates me is because people don't know the truth. And in this situation, people may not know the truth, but yet they all have an opinion. Isn't that amazing to me? But all things work together. For the good of them who love God. And to them who are called, how will we react to what God's decision is? Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. I'm going to send you to Gassaway. I'm going to send you to Nineveh. And I'm going, to, I'm going to allow you to work there and to win souls for Jesus Christ, for me, in, in Gassaway, West Virginia. I, 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 <clears throat> God will use you where you are. He'll use you where you are. As Minnie Pearl once ta- one time said... I'm just real glad to be here. And I don't mean that with sarcasm. I love when I drive into Gassaway. There's times I can't wait to get out of Gasaway, But then there are times that I cannot wait to get into Gassaway. Because I know I'm going to be able to share with somebody about Jesus. People say, well, the town's corrupt. Well, the town may be corrupt. But let me tell you something. Jesus is not corrupt. Jesus is not corrupt. You know, our judicial system may not be where it needs to be, but let me tell you something. It, it, it's a struggle in all West Virginia. You know, we were talking today, driving up the road, you know. Uh, you know, we talk about the poverty level in Putnam County and the poverty level in, in Kanawha County, the poverty level all, in all these towns of West Virginia. It's rural West Virginia. Go to McDowell County where Sandy has family and friends and where my family, my mom's side of the family comes from. Go to war West Virginia. Anybody ever heard of war West Virginia? Poverty. Do what? You have family there. My dad took my mom to Williamson to manage a store down there for Coxes. And that's back when it was good. But guess what? There was a revival that tore loose down in McDowell County about two years ago. And a lot of people got saved. Let me tell you something. God loves McDowell County. God loves Braxton County. God loves Kanawha County and let me tell you something if you get around Cody and Sarah Fraser very long let me tell you something you're going to understand where God is and what he's doing let me tell you something they were having a service on Friday I don't know if you all saw it on Facebook but man it was one of the tear down Holy Ghost services like we had up here last Saturday and God was just in the mood let me, t- <coughs> let me tell you something they were on the west side of Charleston you say, "Well, how could God move on the west side of Charleston? Because that's where a lot of the drugs are. That's where God wants to be." See, we're we're chicken. We don't want to go where the places where um, we want to. We want to all be just look one way and and, and act a certain way, and that kind of thing. And then we call ourselves church folk. Well, let me tell you something. If God allows us to fulfill the vision of what God's doing in Braxton County, it may get ugly. What do you mean, ugly? People aren't going to come in this church and look the way you think they should look. But who are you? You're not the judge, God is the judge. And if God brings somebody in here and, and they've got a pack of camels sticking out of their pocket or they got a snuff can in the back or, or, or they smell like marijuana or uh, they look terrible and, and have been out uh, hooking all weekend or or, or they, they smell like booze, let me tell you something. They're welcome. Why are they not? Why, why, why should you want them here? Uh, this is church. That's where mainstream Christianity has screwed up because we think that we're all supposed to look one way and act a certain way and and, and to be a certain way like that. But let me tell you something. Church folk, we got issues. Look at your neighbor and say, you got issues. Don't stare, but just look and just tell them you got issues. But God knows your issues. He will meet you right where you are with your issue. And let me tell you something you can get rid of your issue. How do you get rid of your issue? You give it to Jesus, man. I tell you, you give it to Him. And I've said that many times. Don't give your addiction to Jesus, He didn't give it to you. Send it back to hell where it came from. Because God delivered you. You say, Well, I I've, I've still do it. I'm still this, I'm still that. You are still delivered. You keep telling yourself you're delivered. But I'm not delivered. Yes, you are delivered. You were delivered at the cross. But I still do it. I can't stop. You were still delivered. Keep telling the devil that you're delivered. And you're set free. If your pain is still there from when you, uh, you feel like that God healed you, you keep telling the devil, look, devil, I'm healed. I'm set free because of Calvary. Glory to God. I'm preaching myself happy today. What I think should happen out of this thing it doesn't matter what I think. Because if all things work together to the good of them that love God and who are called to his purpose. If my thoughts if, if if God says that my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways. Don't you think that scripture in Isaiah 55, 8 or, and 9 puts you in your place? I think it does. Puts me right in my place. Because, he says, as in verse 9, he says, And the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. People tell me all the time, they say, Oh, I just want to be happy. just want to be happy. Just want to be happy. People say that all the time. They just want to be happy. Does anybody ever say that to you? Oh, I just want to be happy. Your happiness comes from God and not from stuff. Your happiness is not in what you want to do, but your happiness. Is in what God wants you to do. That's where your happiness is. To walk out of the pulpit and says. My son you did a a good job today. God is more concerned about your character. God cares about your happiness. Although his main concern is for you to serve him. When the report is bad. And to serve him. When you don't feel like that you're loved. Jesus was not guilty when he went to the cross, but he carried your shame and my shame, and he died on a cross. And I don't believe that he deserved it. To die a cruel death like he did. If you're going, how many people have worked in ministry over 10 years here? Raise your hand. In 10 years, you've taught a class, you've done something for 10 years. How many? 20. 20 years. Do I hear 20, 20, 20? Do I hear 20? Okay, you work 30 years. Okay, you've worked in ministry. You've done something. Let me tell you something. When you say the words, I'll do it, You're not in Kansas anymore, baby. (laughs) It's the truth. It's not. It's the truth. I'm telling you, it's the truth. It's the truth. Sandy came to me one day. She said, I believe God wants me to cook for the church. And I said, well, hallelujah. And uh, get with it. Make something now so we can eat. You know, and (laughs) let's do this thing. (laughs) And, And so, you know. We have the men's breakfast, and she does her everything, and the next day cuts her finger at the city that her cuts. And I'm not saying that it's going to rain on you while you're doing ministry, but let me tell you something. It's going to rain on you while you do ministry. But God's bigger. God's bigger in your situation. He's bigger than my situation. My goodness, I haven't worked since uh, September. God will send me a job wherever he wants me. Nobody, I'm going to tell you, I send out resumes and I don't get nothing back. I say, okay, God, what are you doing here? But God's faithful. You remember that old song that uh, uh, that, um, has been sung many times, especially around here? Uh, There's a roof up above me. I have a good place to sleep. Uh, There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, to a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. There's one part of that song where it says, uh, I know that I'm not wealthy and my clothes are not new. I don't have much money, but Lord, I have you. And there was a woman one time that was singing that song. And when she got to the part where it said, I know that I'm not wealthy and my clothes are not new, she lifted her hand towards heaven and the tag from her new dress was showing. (laughs) I'll never forget that as long as I live. (laughs) It's hysterical. (laughs) Lar. God is concerned about our character. God cares about you. He loves you. Jesus was not guilty. He carried your guilt and your shame. In 2 Corinthians, almost done. Two more scriptures. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21, it says this. It says, For he hath made him to be sin for us. It's understand who is he? God. God, he says, for he hath made him, he is God, him is Jesus, to be sin for us. An innocent man who knew no sin. Jesus didn't know any sin. He never drank, smoked, cussed. He never did any of that. That's always the three things that people think they's going to keep him out of heaven. And, 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 you know, Jesus never did those things. He never told a dirty joke. He never punched Simon Peter in the gut and said, look at that girl going down the street. She's fine. Jesus never did that. He never told a dirty joke. But he took on sin. He took our sin. Future Past, present. He took our sin. That we might be righteous and have righteousness of God in him. See, we are righteous. If we are saved, if we are blood-bought, if we are ready to go to heaven, if anything happened to you today and you died, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Park on that one for just a minute and I'll come back to that. Where would you go if you died today? Because God is the right we are the righteousness of God. And then I said two scriptures, here's three. Romans twelve, nineteen. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Vengeance is not ours. I had a guy one time tell me, he says, I'll get you for what you did. I didn't do anything wrong, but he said, I'll get you for what, and then he, he ended up losing his job for the revenge that he had in his side. Let me tell you something, church. No matter what happens in your life, no matter what happens in my life, we cannot be looking for revenge. That's God's job. Jesus said that I did not come to judge the world, but only to save the world. That's what Jesus said. Jesus isn't the the judge. I'm not your judge. No matter what you do in your life, I'm not your judge. This is Andy Stout's favorite scripture. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans... That I have for you. Declared the Lord. Plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. And a future. From losing a baby. To losing a job. To going through the hardships. That I have gone through in my life. Jeremiah 29 11. Stands for me. What you've gone through in your life, whether it be drugs or alcohol or prison or um, whatever you may have gone through. A divorce or, or the, these kind of things that happens in our life. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. It's on the screen. saith the Lord, thoughts of peace. See, God wants us to be in peace in the midst of turmoil. He wants us to find that inner peace. Church, we just have to find the inner peace. But you don't know what I'm going through today. Let me tell you something. We can have peace in the storm. Not of evil, but to give you an expected end. Can you go to that song, Andy? Um, And my life song sings to you. You remember the name of that one? I don't know the name. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. If you could get that one ready. uh, He's writing your story. He's writing your story. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Even in the midst of the battle. Even in the midst of the storm. God is faithful. There's an expected end. Allow Him, church, to write your story. Because I don't know if you realize this or not, but you are not the author and the finisher of your faith. You are not. Jesus is. And Jesus is not sitting in heaven, and God is not sitting in heaven figuring out how he's gonna get you. He's not sitting up there in heaven thinking, hmm, well, he lusted today, so send him to Gas Away. He told a dirty joke. I'm gonna send him to war, West Virginia. Hoping that he'll look at me someday. He'll say, You good looking boy. I'm so proud of you. I'm sending you to Daytona Beach, Florida. (laughs) I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Come on, God, do it, please. (laughs) He's writing your story. He's the author and the finisher. We don't know anything. We think we know. You know, Christy and I were talking about, you know, Christy's, working for the state of West Virginia and you know, she has the opportunity to, to progress and to move and she said, I can retire when I'm this and I can retire with them that and I can do this and I can do that. And, and you know, and you could retire when you're this and you can retire then. And and we're talking about this plan that we have coming up the uh, coming up the road one day. About what, you know, God, and then God's gonna get you the new job and, and this kind of stuff and, and all that and, and, and you know, we think that we know But only God knows. He may have this huge sense of humor and call me into full-time ministry and I never step foot in an office again. Pray for me. Just lift your hand right now and pray for me. Would you? She may become a pastor's wife of a full-time preacher. I don't know. I don't know. She's already my wife, but... People ask me, they say, are you employed? Yeah, the pulse. (laughs) we don't know what God's plans are sometimes but he loves us and he cares about us and he's got an expected end for your life and my life stand to your feet I hope this helped you today Uh, God gave it to me coming up the street and I'm just typing just as fast as I can getting it just as quick as I could But if you held a gun to my head today, I can't denounce what I believe. And I believe everything that I said. God has this. He has this situation. How it will turn out, J.D., I wish I could give you an answer. I don't know. But let me tell you something. He loves you. He loves your brother. He loves your wife. He loves us. He loves us. Yes. How long were you in jail for? I was only 11 days, so. <laughs> but it rocked your world, though, didn't so it? Was long for my 11 days. Yeah, Praise God! Amen! You. Amen! Amen! You. Praise God! You don't. You just don't know. There, there, there are people. Let me tell you something. We have a dear friend of ours, and I, and I don't know how this is going to go on the Tuesday. I don't know how it goes. I have a dear friend of our family who is a businessman, and he is currently in jail in Huntington. Three years for for embezzlement or insurance fraud or something. And I love this guy. Last I heard, he was winning souls like crazy in jail. Can we not say, Father, have your way in our lives? Lord, have your way in my life. That's scary, isn't it? Isn't that a scary spot? It's a scary spot to say, Lord, I'll do your will. Just don't send me to Africa. I'll do your will. Just don't do that. No. I surrender all, all to thee I owe. Father, we give you our, I give you. My will, I don't want to do my will. I want to do your will, Father. Can we not say that? I I mean that with all my heart. I just want to do your will, Father. Let me tell you something. It's all wood, hay, and stubble if you don't do God's will. And, And only you can know what God's will is. But there's a life song. There's a life song. You have a need today, come around the altar. You want to accept Jesus into your life? I get back to this if you died today would you go to heaven or hell if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt today that you would go to hell would you come up here and you say well why are you dragging me to an altar this is a place the where, thing where places uh, people things die in your life you have something that you're struggling with in your life God can deliver you God can set you free come high, today
1: such small sacrifice.
0: you say well you say how do I get saved you just ask him, heart, ask him into your heart ask him into your life. Ask him to lead you, guide you, direct I you, to him forgive him you of your tonight. sins. Does anybody have it's sins that need to be forgiven? Step forward I today. I don't know anybody that doesn't does dealing with something. I Could you come and pray and give it to Jesus? You may be here today and you're lost. You're, you've never been saved before. Come forward, would you? Ask Jesus to save your heart. Turn it up, Andy. That's a great song. Hallelujah. Oh, in our hearts, Lord, today. There's an area of your life that you need help in. Let me tell you something. Everyone has a hang-up, a hiccup. Somebody's dealing with something. Can you come and ask Jesus to help you today? If you need to forgive people, forgive them. Forgive them today, can you? to come what are you dealing with in your life bring it to jesus can you forgiveness towards somebody, bring it to the altar and lay it on the altar. God does not want you to have unforgiveness towards somebody. You give it to Jesus.
1: Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.
0: pray in your life right now can you say Lord your will be done your will be done in my life Lord not my will be done but your will Lord be done in my life what's God's will for your life you have to pray and say God what is your will what is your will for me not my will Lord but your will surrender that to Jesus today would you I want to do your will God the music quit doesn't mean you have to you stay as long as you want around the altar stay as long as you want minister to people (laughs) let's tarry a little longer you need delivered from something in your life would you come God has called you to the abundant life. So man, my life's a wreck right now. And I need God to help me. If you're one of those people today, step out and we'll pray for you. We'll say a special prayer for you today. God wants you delivered and set free.
1: to believe
0: been my God all the way. Father, we just pray over this week. We pray you keep your people safe, Father. We pray for your will to be done in each one of our lives this this day and moving forward, God. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, God, that you have been in our midst today. And we give you praise and we worship you. Protect your people this week. Over every decision that needs to be made. Help us, Father Lord, to to allow the Holy Spirit to be a step ahead of our tongue and our thoughts. And that, Father, that we do your will. Church. This has been church today. This has been spirit-led from the start to the finish. Spirit led from the start to the finish. And God, I give you praise. Have a great week in Jesus' name.